God will direct your steps. But I think oftentimes where it gets confusing is we start to put definitions around what the open door should look like and what the closed door should look like. Hey community, hope you're doing well. I sat down last week with artist Hope Darst. She is from The Belonging Co. She's a great songwriter for the church. And she also just released her first single called Peace Be Still. She has a solo album coming out in a few months, and it was great getting to know her and getting to talk to her. Hope you enjoy the interview with Hope Darst. Hello. Hi, how are you, Derek? Good. So nice to meet you via Instagram. Yeah, you too. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I love the devotional this morning. That was awesome. Thank you. I, that scripture has just been like a really big deal to me. It was, it's been a big deal this last year, but just kind of took on a whole new meaning for me. I feel like in the middle of COVID. So definitely, I know. And so I'm super excited. And then my next, my next single that comes out in June, it's, it's based around that scripture. So I've just kind of been sitting in that one for a while, but anyways, awesome. Well, I'll let you take the lead because this is your interview. All right. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> funny doing it from my personal account. Normally, I'm on your side on the top. Oh, that's right. It's usually, <laughs> like, you know, role reversal today. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of like COVID, how have the last like two months been for you? They've been so weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. So we live in Nashville. Where do you live? I live in Chicago. Oh, Chicago. I love Chicago. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I took my daughter there, I guess, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just went all over the city for like two days and she literally still asks about it all the time because it's one of my favorite cities. I always call it, it's like the smaller, slightly cleaner New York. Yes. I, <laughs> I definitely think it's slightly cleaner, which is nice. <laughs> I really love Things it. Things are a tad bit more spread out too, which is nice. Yes. They are a little bit more spread out. It's such a great city. I love it. So yeah, so we live in Nashville mm-hmm. and currently we've had friends living with us that are building a house. So like their house has kind of been a weird, weird situation, really delayed for lots of different reasons. Yeah. So they're living with us. Um, the husband's a producer and then they have a one-year-old little boy and then my <laughs> husband and then my two daughters and their dog and our dog. So to say wow. that we have a house full during COVID <laughs> is an understatement. There was one day that literally, this is no lie. Casey, the husband of our friends, he was in our attic, had set up an entire studio in our attic because he's a producer. So he was doing that. I was in our bedroom trying to do live like interviews for something. My husband was in the living room trying to work, like doing a Zoom for his work. Our kids were in their bedrooms doing Zooms. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, everyone is So, trying to manage all of that. I mean, there's literally been days where we've had like five Zooms going on at once between like our friends, my husband, myself, and our two daughters. And who Lord, who even knew what Zoom was two months ago? (laughs) Now we don't know how to live without it. Right, exactly. It's been really good. I have to say, we we feel really fortunate. Um, we were we were in a situation where my husband's business still stayed essential, but he was able to mostly stay home in a lot of ways. I was able to stay home, and you know, we were able to kind of transition into homeschooling, and it's it's been good. Honestly, like my really good friend said that earlier in the beginning of the year, 
that God told her he was going to give her the gift of time. And she had no idea. Thank you. I love you. My daughter bringing me a second round of coffee. (laughs) Um, That he was going to give her the gift of time. And I feel like even though that was a word for her, like it has so rang true in my spirit that like, this has been the gift of time, like time redeemed with family, time redeemed with the Lord. And hopefully, you know, we'll come out of it all feeling like we've actually kind of gotten a little bit of rest and renewal and and strength for, you know, what's ahead. So how about you? Yeah, I can relate a little bit. Um, We live in a one bedroom apartment um, close to downtown. And so my wife and I have been home since March 13th. Um, Same, same. Yeah, over (gasps) two months. That's the day. Like right now, she's in our bedroom working because um, she she answers a lot of calls right now. So I was like, hey, can you go in the bedroom? And she was like, yeah, let me know when you're done. Um, So it's not too bad with one other person. It's actually been better than we expected. um, It's been cool just to see, like, I don't know, I hear all these people like, oh, I can't stand like being home all the time. And I'm like, oh, we've actually done okay. It's been good. I'm a little bit of an introvert. Surprise, surprise. Like I'm a very outgoing introvert, but I'm not Mm -hmm. just an introvert. And so like, I'm kind of a little bit like, I love quarantine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a huge extrovert, like as far as you can go. So (gasps) I like aspects of it. This is hard. Don't like aspects of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I've also come to hate Zoom calls. Um, they, they're not easy. They drain me a lot more than oh, like being in person. So, so normally when I'm with people, I'm like, that feels life-giving. yeah. And it's like, like after I hang out with a huge group of people, I want to go hang out with more people. Uh, oh, But after I do a zoom call, I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it uses like a different part of our brain yeah. than when you're just with people one-on-one I I have felt that like we've been saying in our home that like it's really easy to just kind of get brain fatigue in Mm -hmm. COVID which feels really strange because you're just like I'm at home and I never even got out of my pajamas and all I did was sit on a computer all day and call people and talk and yet some days like at the end of the day I'm like I'm more brain fried than days where I've like gone and been at church for 12 hours and led worship at five services. Cause there is something, I mean, we're made, we're made to be with people, people right. are life giving, you know? So yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Yeah. Have y'all, are y'all still in a pretty heavy lockdown or is it starting yeah. to lift or like what's it like in Chicago? Um, our official shelter in place right now is extended until the 31st. Um, but meaning like it could open June 1st, but we have only had, well, now we're at three days of a downward trend and it's very slight the first time we've gone down at all we're not like as high of numbers as like la or new york but we have been it's just a nice decline the whole time um so are you able to get outside any do they allow we can walk around but they've closed down so we live like one block from the lake okay but that's been closed since like the middle of march um all there's even like forest preserves in the suburbs that are closed on the weekends. Like, and that's the only time we could go. Oh, um, so there's nothing we can like, parks are closed. Like there's not really extended amount of time outside. Like we go yeah. for a 10 minute walk and that's it. We do have a balcony, which is actually okay. kind of nice when it's been a little warmer to even just work on the balcony, which is nice. I feel like walks have been the thing that has made our family survive it. Honestly, yeah. because yeah. we weren't actually a family that took a lot of walks before Same. this. I'm yeah. sad to say that. Sorry. Um, but it has become like a lifeline 
for us. Yeah. It just gets us, honestly, like the, just like the basics of like, it gets us out in the sun. It gets us vitamin D. It breaks up the schedule of the day. And I, I was saying to my husband the other day, I was like, we did that whole thing where, don't they say it's like takes 12 weeks to create a habit or something? Yeah, right or 12 days, I forget what the, but like I said, oh my gosh, I think we crossed over. Like this feels like a habit. Like the days that we don't get to go on a walk because it rains or for whatever reason, it's like, I'm sad. At the end of the day, I feel like I didn't do the thing like that is part of like now our normal rhythm. And it it feels like I missed it. And so, which is crazy. If anyone knows me, I'm not a big like outdoor person only because it's natural. That's what we, it's so human. It's not yeah. fun here. Like it's not like living in LA. It's not like living in Colorado or Montana where it's beautiful to be outside here. You walk to your mailbox and you're dripping in sweat and yeah. it's just kind of miserable in the, in the, in the winter month or sorry, in the summer months. And we just get really short like windows of spring and fall, but right. God has been glorious. We've gotten like the longest spring ever in this that's quarantine awesome. so that's kind of been like a saving grace but that's awesome here we had one day of 70 in march and we were like whoa this is amazing yeah and also our winter was really easy this year last so year was ours last year was the worst winter i've ever experienced it was negative 52 one day Chicago. Um, every year my husband has to go to chicago in january for this conference and every single time i swear to you it ends up being like it's the coldest day in Chicago we've ever had on record. <laughs> right. Yeah. So last year was terrible, but this year. Negative really 50. Terrible. So we got a nice day of 70 and everybody got excited. And oh. then it was like in the thirties and snowed two days later. So that stunk. But now we're sitting in the fifties every day, which is good, but okay. it's really nice. rainy. Yeah. Ugly. We're getting like one day of sun for every two days of rain right now. So. Okay, that's not it's too okay. bad. It's manageable. That's like, it could be worse. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, you said you live in Nashville. Did you have a power outage like two weeks ago? Oh, Nashville has been through the ringer. Nashville. Oh there was the tornado <laughs> right at the beginning of COVID. I know. We had a tornado and then COVID. And then we had a second round of storms that yeah. came through. And the storms actually did almost as much damage as the tornado because the tornado was in this really concentrated area of the city. It was in East Nashville and kind of in further away. The storms that came through while they didn't do as much like permanent destruction to buildings and there some was done. It was so widespread. Like it covered so much area that I think someone said something like when the tornadoes happened, like maybe 80,000, somewhere between like 60 and 80,000 people lost power. When the storms came through, we had over 120,000 people lose power. And what made that even harder was because, because we were fully in the COVID quarantine, you normally have like people from other states will come in and assist to like help get your city back up and running. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't do that in COVID. Yeah. So I literally, it was the first day that they had like, re, like had lifted any kind of bands and then we got the storms and it was kind of like a, Hey, Nashville, you're going to be free. Just kidding. 24 hours later, no one has power. So oh. it's, been, it's been a journey over here in Nashville. Oh, sure. Yeah. We but, have a couple you know, guys. It's nothing. I mean, we are, a lot of our bands have been lifted, so it's not, we can't really complain, especially when cities like New York and Chicago and Louisiana and Seattle and California, you, you guys are still kind of really in the thick of it. So, yeah. you know, we can't really complain over here too, too much, but yeah, we have a couple guys that work in Nashville, uh, remotely and, oh, okay. they, 
didn't have power for like three days and oh yeah. then they didn't have internet for like an extra day so it was oh great. no yeah like everyone lost power so no one could work there was no zooms <laughs> happening there was like it's just crazy and let me tell you it's been super crazy trying to make a record in the midst of all of this i bet wow. <laughs> we've had to be so creative because like there literally was two times one of the so there's a producer team working on my record jonathan smith and then Max Corwin and Max lives in East Nashville. So when the tornadoes happened, his house didn't get damaged, but he lost power. So mm -hmm. he was out of power for a week. Then the storms happened. And I forget if he lost power again or if John lost power. Like, it's just been the craziest. Like, everyone's just losing power. And, you know, that's kind of wow. essential for producers when you're yeah. making a record. <laughs> yes, yeah, power is power is one of the top things. If you know, it's highly important. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's crazy. Now that we caught up on the last crazy two months, yes. how, how has it been just transitioning? Like, cause you're part of the blogging co. Yeah. And you yes. have been for how long? We have been there since almost the very beginning. So oh. the belonging started in Alex and Henry's basement in the fall of 2012. I think it was like October or November was like the first time they had anyone in their home when it was like I think five people they had come over or something. And then that following June, so June of 2013 is when my husband and I stumbled into their basement upon a friend's invitation. And I think it was maybe 12 people, 13 people that night. Wow. Nice. And we've been there ever since. So, awesome. so I guess this makes seven years. We're like, wow, gosh, we're really like coming on seven years right now. And it has been one of the greatest things that my husband and I've gotten to be a part of just being there from the very beginning and watching God take something that was so evidently not something anyone was planning, but watching Alex and Henry be so surrendered and so just willing to do whatever God was asking them to do in that season and to, sh and to show up for people when there was like, you know, there was no title, there was no, there was no like position or a church or money. This was just them actually being followers of Christ. And I think actually showing a beautiful picture of what the church is really meant to be. Like we're, we are the church, we're meant to carry the church. And they, when there were no church walls and there was no church, you know, backing it, they were like, well, we're still going to show up and be Jesus for people that are maybe just tired and exhausted or broken or just hungry and searching. Yeah. And so my husband and I ended up in their basement just on an invitation for some friends who were just like, this is life-giving. We think you guys would enjoy it. And it completely changed our lives. We ended up really taking a year and, and really pressing in and asking God to show us kind of what, what we're going to do. Because I've been on staff at a church here in Nashville for like eight years prior to that and, and part of it for 13 years and never dreamed of making any transition. I was on staff. I was a worship leader, like very invested into that community. But we had felt God shifting something in our hearts about six months before we ended up in the Sealy's basement. And then when we ended up in their basement, about we started to really pray and really press in and ask God, like, what are you asking us to do? And it was very clear within a very, very short amount of time, God was like, I just want you to say yes to what I'm doing here. You're not going to know what it is, but I need you to say yes. You're meant to be a part of it. And so that's what we did. And now seven years later, we're we're still part of it. I'm still on I'm part of the worship team. You know, we're all volunteers, except mm -hmm. for Andrew, who will be on later. We're going to do a little live together and that's talk awesome. about some of the songs that we've written and released through the blogging. But Andrew, Andrew's the only like actual staff 
worship leader, I think. Well, now Char- there's a couple. Charles, who leads, he's on staff. But the rest of us, we're just, we're all volunteers. Like we, just, cool. we do this as a way to serve our church and to stay connected to our local body. And I just, I feel such an honor to be a part of that team. They are the most beautiful people. And it's been the place where I've done probably the deepest, hardest work as a human and as a believer of Jesus, because they've just, Alex and Henry created a really beautiful space where we've made heart health and building family, the number one priority and everything else has come after that, you know, and, and it's, it's made such a huge difference in my life. So, yeah, yeah that's awesome. I'll just say it's been cool to see like the worship side of the belonging, like take off and become like very well known. I remember probably around the time it's probably like I started at loop community like three years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, and pretty quick after there was like some music from the belonging and we were like, <laughs> I don't really know this church like Who very well, they? and like, but it's like taking off. Like the music is like really popular. Like we got good tracks, so it was, it was cool. Yeah, I mean, releasing that first record was such a oh gosh, it was such a surreal moment because I remember so many times, even in the basement, um, when we were just starting out. Like there was a sense that God was marking our hearts with this real God was taking so many of us on a journey. I should say it that way of really un, like getting to a place where being in the presence of God was actually the thing we valued the most yeah. and it not being about it being anything other than just being with Jesus and allowing the presence of God to actually really change all of us individually and corporately. And so we just started ultimately writing songs just because God was just, there were so many testimonies happening in our house of people having heart transformation and I feel like revivals within their own spirits and their own lives. And so, you know, there just comes up points in times within the local body that you find that there are, there's so many good songs to lead. And yet there's a vernacular missing in them that is really, really true to the heart of your house that you're in. And so we just started writing songs simply for our church, like, and for ourselves. It wasn't, we weren't setting out to make a record. Like I remember the first time we went out as a team, the whole conversation was, we're not here to make a record. We're here to press in and hear the heart of God. And that's all that matters. Like we don't have like a goal or an agenda here, but songs really were birthed out of that season. And so then we brought them to the church and then they began to explode in our church. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think it was such an organic process. We weren't, we weren't even trying to make a record. It just suddenly became obvious that like these songs were shifting atmospheres and these songs were going out because, you know, people were streaming in and suddenly, you know, people wanted to to be able to hear the songs all the time. And so it was just this really beautiful, natural thing that Henry, I felt like pastored and navigated so beautifully and invited us to be a part of. And What's interesting, this ties into your original question of like making the transition. Yeah. In that first couple of years, I I had only dabbled in songwriting like a few times previously. Like I would never have considered myself a songwriter. I was a worship leader. I was a singer. I was not a songwriter, like according to myself. Mm-hmm. And Henry was so beautiful because he would invited me into that space with the team, knowing like I didn't really have a, like a strong history of songwriting or anything, but I guess Henry just was like, I feel like if you come and you are a part of this, you're going to grow as a songwriter and it's going to help you. And so 
he really just invited me into a space that I had no credentials to be in, <laughs> but I'm so grateful for. Um, and same with Mia, like she would invite me into spaces to write that I just had never, like, I was like, I should not be in this room. I am truly the weakest link. <laughs> they did that. And so it was in that process. I really learned how to become a songwriter within my church community amongst my, my friends and my worship leaders. And so that was the place. And as that grew and we did the first record and songs came out, it was like God just opened up this world I never dreamed of, like literally never dreamed of, never saw coming, but I fell in love with. And so it moved from just writing for my church to suddenly I was writing all the time, like beyond just our church. And of course, I've been a worship leader and a worship pastor for you know more than a decade. So that's naturally the space that I found myself in, but it started to just grow into other things and people were super kind and would invite my very inexperienced self into the room. And I just kept falling in love with it over and over. And eventually there was just this collection of songs that I was like, I don't know what to do with these. Like there's just a lot of songs (laughs) and the belonging is only putting out records every couple of years. And I think for myself, there was a point where I was like, I need to be a good steward of this. Like, what am I doing with my time? And so I just began to pray and just ask the Lord, like, okay, God, what are you, what are you asking of me in this season? Cause honestly, I was just, I'm a stay at home mom. I have two kids. I'm raising my kids. I'm serving at my church and I'm just writing songs on the side. I had no publishing deal at the time. Like there was no publishing deal. I wasn't knocking down doors, beating down doors, asking people to write me. I was just building life within my community and just writing with the people that were around me. And I was super fortunate that most of them were very good at their job. (laughs) And so I just, I continued to just be like, God, you know, just kind of carve the path out for me. And so I really felt like God was like, be a good steward of this. Like you invest in this, give this your time, which made no sense. Right. Cause like, right. It's not bringing in money. I'm not turning these songs into anybody for anybody to say, you're doing a good job. You're not doing a job. I really, really had to be led by the Holy Spirit in that season and be like, I'm planting seed. I don't know what this seed is for. I don't know what the harvest of this is going to be, but this is the seed that God's asking me to plant. And so I would do it. I would drop my kids off at 8 a.m. in the morning to school and I would go right maybe once or twice a week if I was lucky. And then I would leave it. 30 and go pick up my kids. And I would be like, okay, God, I hope you can make something good out of those hours because I just have a really small amount to bring to you and I'm going to let you flourish it. And fast forward, you know, five years later, there's just all these songs and I don't know what to do with them. And so I had beautiful friends that came around me and just said, Hey, we want to help you take this songwriting journey and the journey of who you are further And long story short, that led to us recording a different version of Peace Be Still. And then friends got a hold of that and were like, we want to get behind you. And I ended up signing a record deal and a publishing deal with Fair Trade. And now I'm releasing a record. That's awesome. So, you know, it's not not a typical journey. Like, it's not like I wasn't that person that was like building and building and building and building and building hoping that it would eventually turn into something. I was honestly just trying to be really obedient to the season that was in front of me, whether that was the seasons that I was working in a law firm or seasons that I was, you know, just serving my church or I was a worship leader or I was a stay-at-home mom. I just tried to be really faithful to stay connected to my church and stay connected to just sowing seed wherever I was planted in that season. And so now this season looks different. I'm still leading worship. I'm still staying home mom. I'm still trying to figure out homeschooling with my kids. I'm still doing carpool. 
I'm still writing songs, but now I'm also releasing those songs um, individually and will continue to hopefully release songs, you know, through our church and hopefully with other churches because that's my passion. My passion is the church and seeing people get set free in the presence of God. And so that's it. That's a long story that's short. awesome. So cool to hear just like it wasn't something that you strove to do, but God definitely had bigger plans for it. And for you just allowed him to do that. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of times where they're like, this is something I'm passionate about. And so I'm going to go for it. Or it's mm-hmm. like, this is something that maybe I'm not that good at. So I'm just not going to do anything with it. Yeah. And I had all those of, days. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's just cool to hear that you were like, this is something that I might be good at. So I'm just going to do it, but I'm okay if it doesn't go anywhere. A hundred percent. And you know, I think I tell this story a lot, you know, from the age of five, by the time I was five, like, you know, when kids are like their parents, like, what do you want to be when you're older? I was always like, I want to be a singer. And so literally from the age of five to 25, I also, I always thought I was going to be a recording artist. Like, and I thought I'd go like in the pop world. And that was like my dream. And then God just like arrested me when I was 25. I was so incredibly sold out to Jesus and was just in a place of like, God, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. What do you want my life to look like? And in that season, God said, I want you to give that dream back to me. Like, it's not, it's not where I'm asking you to go. Mm-hmm. And God didn't say like, it's not where I'm asking you to go. And I'm going to give it back to you in 15 right. years. It was, I need you to let that thing go. And I need you to build with me wherever I ask you to build. And so the next 10, 15 years of my life was God really changing the direction and calling me into full-time ministry and being a pastor and a worship leader and a servant in the community that I was in. And I never, like, it took so much for me to wrestle that thing down to know that like my value and my identity and my worth is not in God fulfilling this desire that I held onto for so long. Like I had to really let that go and not be this place of disappointment. I mean, I had moments where it was disappointing and I was frustrated, but I really let that thing go. I really surrendered and said, okay, Jesus, that's not the path that you have for me. So I'm going to go down this path and I'm going to do it faithfully and I'm going to do it cheerfully. And there were some seasons that that was easier than others, but I really, I really embraced the journey of where God took me. And so when this all started to happen a couple of years ago. It took me a minute to honestly kind of get on board with what God was asking me to do again, because mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, I thought I beat that thing into submission. <laughs> like I thought I was over this. Like I thought I didn't need to do music to feel like I was doing the thing that I was, I was like, God, I'm so content. Like I really love being a stay at home mom. And I love being a songwriter and I love serving at my church and being involved in, you know, leadership there is like, I, I don't, I, I didn't think I need anything else. And so I had to really wrestle through that with the Lord to make sure that this wasn't some like hidden, I always still really wanted this. And that's what I was still hoping for. And I felt like eventually God said like, no, like you really did let that thing go. And now I'm asking you to be obedient again and step back into it. And it wasn't as easy as you'd think. It wasn't like I was like, yeah. 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 I was more like, uh, I don't know. Right. <laughs> and so it took me, it took me a minute to honestly, to surrender again to yeah. this season. And once I did, I felt like I could, I could really see the beauty of what God was doing, that God was like, girl, I keep my promises. Like what I spoke to you when you were five and 15 and 20, 
I meant it. I meant what you were supposed to do with your life. But I also am committed to me being your first love. And we had to go on a really long journey to make sure I was your first love. So that when I would call you into that, which you were meant to do, it wouldn't be a struggle for you to maintain who is your portion and who is your strength and who sustains you and what are you in love with the most. And so it's really nice. I'm glad that this has happened to me a little bit later in the journey because I'm able to be like, this is literally the Lord because none of this makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. There's so much like that, like so much where you're like, well, it's got to be God because I didn't do it. (laughs) Oh, I tried to sabotage it probably a hundred (laughs) different ways. And finally, like my husband, who's now my manager, looked at me and they're like, girl, you've tried to light this thing on fire so many times and God just keeps putting out the fire. Like eventually you should just get on board with what (laughs) God's doing. (laughs) So it's been really, it's been really sweet to watch. God just, you know, take peace, be still as far as he's taking it and watch songs like love like this. It kills it like it literally like slays me when I see other churches leading it and how it's impacting people and so many other songs that are on the record and, and hopefully new songs that'll be on, on, on my own record. So, yeah, that's awesome. So for the future, then you're just like, well, release the record and see what happens. Or yeah. Yeah. I know. It was really funny when I signed my label, I walked in and I was, you know, just kind of giving them a million reasons not to sign me. Like <laughs> I was like, I'm going to give them every reason to say no. And then if they say yes, we're going to be like, okay, this has got to be God. It was a little bit of my like Gideon fleece. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of being like, um, I, you know, anyways, and they just kept saying yes. And I, I remember being like, why are they saying yes? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> And because one of the things I said to them very early on was, look, I'm only on board as long as God's on board. Like I'm only doing this as long as God's doing it. The minute I feel like God is not, his hand isn't on this. Like I I'm out like, cause I, I'm not doing this to fulfill now some deep unmet desire. Like I'm actually doing this out of obedience and I'm doing this from a place of like, okay, God, if this is the particular territory you've asked me to be a good steward of, then I want to steward it well. I want to honor this season really well, but I know that the season may be like a blink of an eye, you know what I mean? And that's okay. And so I was always like, I'm willing to shut it down at any point. Like I'm not, there's no like long-term goal here in the sense of it has to hit all these markers or accomplish all these things. For me, the goal was just that I would be really obedient and that if nothing else, I would be able to write and release songs that just brought the hope and the freedom of who Jesus is into people's lives. And so we've already done that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So everything yeah. from here is just like, that's <laughs> it's, so just, cool. it's mind blowing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. such a good heart to have and just give it to God and be able to just hold it loosely. Yeah, you have to, but look, nobody, nobody gets to the holding it loosely place easily. Usually it's because you've been gripping, it's, you've been in a death grip for a very, very long time. (laughs) And eventually you start to go, this is not, this is not working out so well. And so, you know, some people are great and they can just let go very easily. I was more of the person that God had to freaking pry open my hands <laughs> and be like, girl, if you don't hold this loosely, it's going to strangle you. And so it was a journey for me. It was definitely not this. I don't want to paint the picture of, I was just like, Oh, I'm so surrendered. It was, it was a journey. It was, 
a lot of two steps forward and two steps back and God having to constantly bring me to places of repentance and places of, I'm sorry that I, you know, I have the wrong desires. I have the wrong motives. I have the wrong thing in front of me. I care more about this than I do people. I care more about this than I do you. You know, it was was a long journey of God, you know, having to humble me over and over and over through many failures and many mistakes. (laughs) And I imagine there will be more. (laughs) (laughs) I just think now when I mess up, there's failures and there's mistakes. I think I'm just so more willing to, to say, I'm really sorry very quickly and to recognize that even in that failure and even in that mistake or whatever it is for whatever season, like, you know, I mean, I just get it. I get it wrong. I get the motive wrong. I get the reaction wrong or whatever, you know, it's just, I'm quick to repent and I'm quick to say, mm-hmm. okay, God, where's your redemption in this? Where, what can I learn from this? How does this mature me? How does this grow me? How does this make me more like you? And, you know, for many years, I just thought failures and mistakes were just a reflection of my wrongness for lack of a better word. You know what I mean? Or just, man, I'm just, I'm not good enough. I'm not this, I'm not that. And man, God just was like, eventually was like, hope you're always going to be stumbling. That's just, that's part of us not living in full redemption yet on the other side. But I felt like God was like, that your stumbles like they can turn into places that are really strong footprints that then you, you know, like I know what happened there. And so now I can walk forward and I can do this a little bit better the next time. And so, you know, yeah, that's such a good mindset to have. And we all have stuff that we're trying to decide if we should pursue. We all have stuff where we feel very confused and just to give it all to God. That's all we can do. And all God and like, and go after things. Yeah. Like yeah. this is the thing I would, I would say to people like, just try it. Just right. go after it. If it's not God, if you're the posture of your heart is truly God, I want what you want for me. I want your plan for my life. God will direct your steps. Mm. He will either continue to open doors or he will shut doors. He really will. Like he's not this guy who plays like games and is trying to trick you. But I think oftentimes where it gets confusing is we start to put definitions around what the open door should look Mm -hmm. like and what the closed door should look like. And it's more of just being really, really sensitive to the Holy Spirit and being able to recognize like maybe like say somebody that's watching right now or watches later or whatever, like they want to be a songwriter and they're like, God's not opening any doors for me. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that's because you think that the door to be open is that you're writing with some signed songwriter. Maybe the door that God's opening is the guy that plays bass on your worship team has asked you to go write a song 15 times and you keep putting him off because you don't think it is of enough value or enough status. Like, just go write with him. Like, go write with your friend and see what God does in that moment. Allow him to grow something in your heart. Because what that does is it allows you to grow your skill but it also allows you to grow your spirit because you're, you're forcing down that thing of it has to have title and position and notoriety to be of value. And you're pushing that thing down and you're not allowing that thing to grow in you and your value system get off base. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's so important to invest in the thing that's happening around you in the immediate. Like if you can't see yeah. it right here, there's no way that God's going to grow it to be all the way out here. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that's where we get really confused um, is that we, we think it's supposed to be, well, unless the door looks this way, you know, really big, it can't be if it's this small, you right. know, you know yeah. what I mean? And just to be brave. I think God like loves us being brave and just taking the risk. Like he'll fix it. Like I remember my husband saying a couple of years ago to me, we bought a house we started to remodel it and it was just a nightmare, like such a nightmare process. I remember going to my husband one night and just saying, we got it wrong. We should have never bought this house. This was a mistake. And I remember he said the most profound thing to me. He said, maybe we did. He's like, maybe we made a mistake and we can repent if we think we made a mistake. He goes, but at the end of the day, he's like, God really loves us. And if we made a mistake, he'll make it right. You know what I mean? Like, and that so changed like my perspective on like, this isn't about me having to figure out every right thing to do. This is actually about me just being like, okay, Jesus, maybe we shouldn't have bought the house. I don't know. Yeah. But if we missed it and we got it wrong, will you redeem it? Because I know that's your heart. And he has. Like, this house has ended up being such a gift to us and a gift to friends. But it was more about teaching me something really deep about the fact, like, it's okay to take risk. It's okay yeah. to maybe not get every single situation, like, every, you know, opportunity you think you're supposed to do right mm-hmm. but trusting that like god will teach you something in that process and he'll eventually get you to the thing that you're supposed to be doing anyways like he's a good dad like he's yeah. not gonna abandon you on the road and be like eh, sorry you were supposed to go right and you went left so bye he's right. that's not his heart towards us he'll be like no. i'll get on that left road with you and i'll show you the detour back to the right road mm-hmm. like yeah. that's his heart that's how he is and so i think you know for those people that are watching and want to take those risks and are scared, just do it. Like just do it and let God kind of lead you and guide you. And that's really encouraging and just awesome to hear your heart and the mindset that you have about all of your music and your (laughs) life. And that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is great. Um, I want everyone to know that you can get peace. Be still master tracks on loop community. Yes. So go there. Also when your album comes out, be able to get them there as well yay Uh, so we're excited for that so Uh, excited we have so many songs coming to you that are for the church like that's great that was like one of my big like big goals was to have like songs on the album that could be for the church there's obviously some songs on the record that are more like personal kind of Mm -hmm. for your own like daily worship but we were really intentional of having quite a bit of songs on the record that we, I was like, I want these to, I want to be able to lead them and I want other people to be able to lead them. So yeah, I'm excited Me to get those. I'll get those to you guys. Yes. That's awesome. Can't wait for that. Um, thanks for just hanging out all day here. And thanks for having me. I'm there. so excited. Yeah, for sure. So nice uh, to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thanks. So okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can listen to Hope's song, Peace Be Still, wherever you get your music, and you can get the master multi-tracks on loopcommunity.com. Thanks for joining us on the Loop Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album, Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.